Are we recording? No, too much, too much, too much, too much. Hey, everybody! Welcome to Ducks Watch Together. I'm Josh. I'm Kylie. And on today's episode, we talk about Onward. I don't know what those arms motions were. I don't know they, either. They were there. Like they felt important in saying the title. Mm-hmm. We are here today to talk about Pixar's first release of 2020. Their fantasy adventure onward with uh, Chris Pratt and Tom Holland and Octavia Spencer and Julia Louise Dreyfus. Man, I th- I'm fairly certain that's her name. It's the lady from Seinfeld and Veep. She has all the Emmys. Not all of them. No, but like the, her percentage is really high. Well, the, old, the new adventures of old Christine. She got one for that. Good. Yeah. She should have gotten seven. Yeah. This is the greatest show well, ever. She got seven for Veep. Yeah. <laughs> that would be a fun thing if somebody put together like the percentages of like, specifically with the Emmys, because they go on these like really large runs of like actors and shows winning. Mm-hmm. It'd be an interesting way to, like, look at the numbers of who's won Emmys over the years. Alright, well, I'll put that on my list of to-dos. It's very far down, just so we all know. Alright. Well, Kylie, I have a, I have an inquiry for you. Okay. Um, it is about something that I'm, I'm curious to see... Uh, where your feelings are on a genre of film. Uh-huh. Because at one point, and I may be misremembering this, at one point, I thought you mentioned that fantasy wasn't your favorite genre. Yeah, it's stupid. Great. Okay, perfect. Okay. Bad. Okay. <laughs> but, uh, fantasy seems to be a genre, at least over the course of the last five years or so, that... Is kind of making a little bit of a resurgence in the consciousness of yeah, people. Bad times. Yeah, bad times at the El Royale. We were doing great. Post Return of the King, we didn't need anything. And then people kept making stuff. So, I guess my question uh, for the general population is hey, what's a fantasy property in any way, shape, or form that you like? Uh, but, Kylie, for you, is, is there one that you enjoy? Lord of the Rings. Yeah. That's it. Why for? They're good. Just period. End of story. Yeah, most fantasy properties don't get the budget that they need to be good. And so then it's just, it kind of feels like it's like half, half done. And a lot of times people focus so much on the visuals and blah, blah, blah. The script is so trite and boring. And uh, uh, there are so many tropes of fantasy and like so many properties just fall into those tropes and it's just boring. So what does Lord of the Rings do that the others don't? I don't know. Okay. <laughs> it's just good. I care about those characters. There's okay. lots of characters in fantasy I don't care about. Because they're just like... Because they're just, like, stand-ins for certain, like, what are they? Like, characters that 
you see over and over again. Archetypes. Yeah, it's just their archetypes. So you don't have to care about it. You know that it's the hero and therefore you care about it. You you know that that's the lady, so you care about her. You know that that's the villain, so you dislike him. And it's just... Ugh. And then, like, sometimes they try to get funny with it. Like, they oh. try to, like, fix how things work. But, like... Like, I don't like a lot of those. <laughs> like, I don't really care for the Princess Bride. I like Shrek. But, you know, I don't know, Josh. It's just, it's just such... It's, it's a lot. Yeah, I mean, like, there are certain types of fantasy that I do like. Like, Harry Potter's fine. But that's because Harry Potter's not set in medieval time. I think medieval. Medieval's the one that okay. really bothers me. But, like, Harry Potter is fantasy, but set in, like, more of a contemporary time. And so, like, the characters in that, the characters in that are still somewhat archetypes, but they're, like, not as, like, archetypey archetypes. Mm-hmm. Like, I mean, like, Harry Potter himself is kind of a bland hero. Yes. Um, and then, like, you have, like, the snake man who you don't trust the whole time. And... Oh, which one could that be? It's so <laughs> interesting. <laughs> uh, then you have, like, the wise old wizard. Like, I mean, like, the archetypes are there. Yeah. Um, and maybe, like, Harry Potter, you get to explore them for eight movies, and so, like, there's even more context for them there, which a lot of fantasy, you don't get to do that. So, I don't know, there's just a, there's a, there's just, you know, Josh, I don't know, I, I, maybe I should, like, say I don't like the medieval crap. Okay. It's just dumb. (laughs) It's just boring. Now, I haven't seen Game of Thrones, but everyone tells me that George Railroad Martin subverts the genre, which... You know, I haven't seen. Also, there's always, like, prophecies. Prophecies are dumb. Oh, I love it. <laughs> this, is, this is what I wanted. Like, prophecies <laughs> are just stupid. Also, I guess, like, I don't know. You know? Uh, yeah. <laughs> I like fantasy. Yeah, of course you do. <laughs> I wouldn't, like, go to bat for it as, like, my, like, favorite all-time genre. Do you think it should be bad? with sci-fi. No. Okay. That's like one of my biggest pet peeves is that like like the genre is sci-fi fantasy. Which like now it's not as much. But like some people still are like oh sci-fi fantasy. And I'm like but sci-fi and fantasy are not the same ordeal. Okay. Can I tell you I've got no research Uh but I think this is where and why it happens. Oh so that Artemis Fowl could be made so they could (laughs) do a sci-fi fantasy film. Yeah. Um, my idea is that categorizing of movies really maybe start to took more shape when we started to have video stores and we needed to categorize them by genre. Now the studios were totally categorizing them all the time, but they had no reason to like really place them into distinct categories. Mm-hmm. When video stores start to come around, you have... A lot of films that are just categorized as drama or comedy. But you have less films because studios made less films that were in the fantasy and sci-fi genre. Mm. And so like comedy, horror, drama, action, action, those ones have so many more films to fill a whole category that fantasy, sci-fi, rather than separating them out, it was just easier to say, fine, nerds like you, you're one thing. Yeah, that's dumb. I agree with you. Not the same thing. Fight the patriarchy. Though... 
man, I'm, I'm like, let's do a fantasy sci-fi combined thing. What do you want to do? I don't know. Artemis Fowl? Is that, is that what that is? Sure. I'll bring in the best fantasy films and you bring in the five best sci-fi films and then we'll try to can we it. can we nope. swap <laughs> well, that's can... the whole point oh Josh, okay okay is that i do the genre that i painstakingly avoid and you do the one that you like <laughs> in a weird way yeah um i i think for me fantasy works well when because, like, I think growing up, you, for me, I liked a lot of the hero's journey, the Joseph Campbell-esque, very tried-and-true method of what fantasy is. I think that's helpful in developing what typical story structure is and can be. But at some point, it gets a little worn and a little tired. Uh, Lord of the Rings, I think, follows it. Like, to the T, almost. Mm -hmm. However, it's world-building and it's politics are interesting enough for me to want to glom onto it. But what it's not is, it's not ridiculously confusing. That is where I get into a little bit of issues with fantasy, is when the story structure and the, the characters and all of it, like, the world-building just becomes so deep mm -hmm. that you can't follow it you don't know what's happening and you don't know who's who you're just trying to glom on to like your one little hero running through this world to kind of go through there um that's how i felt when i read the lord of the rings books is it was too overwhelming i think the films streamline it in a really nice way i think the hobbit book streamlines it in a really nice yes. way yeah I'll agree with Lord of the Rings. Lord yeah. of the Rings is very dense. That's also one of the reasons, like, I just don't like reading, like, I've tried to read Game of Thrones, and by I've tried to read Games of Thrones, is that I got to, like, page 10, and I was like, well, I was introduced to about 50 characters, and I don't know who any of them are. <laughs> uh, I uh, get to a part where Jon Snow finds a dog. Yeah. And I was like, that's about all I got. <laughs> there you go. We are into, I think we've seen two episodes now of season two, so through through there. Okay. And I will say I'm enjoying some elements of um, Game of Thrones. I'm not, like, hooked, mm -hmm. like, in terms of, like, oh my god, favorite thing of all time. But there are some characters that are interesting. I, I It's interesting always when Harry Potter is brought up, because, like, I love Harry Potter to my deep, like, deep core. And you don't consider it fantasy? I don't. And it is. You are right. In every, like definitional phrase it totally is it's not medieval fantasy but it's not medieval fantasy and like though she does use those same archetypes they're all there they're subverted in n not unexpected ways but in ways that help to extend the length of the journey they're also subverted in like moderner times yes like that just makes it i mean like like, Ron Weasley is, like, our bumbling bard, but, yeah. like, we just, we're cool. Like, yeah. <laughs> like um, it kind of sucks, but you're like, oh, Ron, we're learning that together. <laughs> I think that fantasy definitely needs time. And I think my, like, the franchise that I was, uh, that I've been thinking on a little bit here as well is the Dark Crystal franchise, which I love. Um, that original movie is dense. It is full of so many characters and 
story beats and things that are just it, there's no context for what's happening in that movie and so the artistry of that movie is kind of what has always held me through like i'm a i prefer a labyrinth which is a cleaner version it's simpler you know what's happening in that world more than the dark crystal with the introduction of the netflix series I've actually really started to love all of it because I think the Netflix series gives time to explore what this world is like and who all the different creatures and characters are in their worldviews. And so time, I think, is a really, for me, important element in fantasy to just do one two-hour, two-and-a-half-hour movie. There's so much that you have to build. Like, I'm currently halfway through rewatching willow because it was on disney plus and i was like i remember liking this movie there's again i'm i'm struggling with like okay i get the core base of this but i'm not quite understanding everything that's around it and then some of the characters are a little wonky but like i think that fantasy is a is a genre that you have to like tightrope walk your way through and you're either if you make one misstep you could go kind of kind of far off and that is our inquiry of the half fortnight friends if you want to tell us what's a fantasy property that you like and enjoy you can do so at friend of a friend podcast at squarespace.com you can also find us on apple Podcasts and itunes we'll leave us a five-star review or any star review that helps us get more listeners as well as hit that subscribe button yeah and that also helps us get more listeners. And now, onward with the show. So that's a good transition into Onward itself. Um, as we do with new releases, we'll start probably with some expectations, and then we'll do a non-spoiler. And I don't think that there's really a spoiler section here but if we feel like getting to spoilers we may get to spoilers this will mostly be a, probably a pretty non-spoilery review that being said for a movie that i don't i think you could know you if you've seen a pixar movie or you've seen a fantasy movie or you've seen a movie kind of know where this one's going so know, we'll talk <laughs> we'll talk um but let's start with expectations I didn't think I'd like it. <laughs> yeah? Yeah. Well, I remember the first time I saw the trailer, because the trailer freaked me out, because, like, oh, that's, like, bag of worms I don't want to have to open. Like, <laughs> how do you talk to someone who's dead? Like, that's one of my, like, least favorite reoccurring dreams, is, like, seeing people who have died, and then me having to be like, you know you're dead. <laughs> They're like, oh, I didn't know. Yeah, it messes me up. I don't like it. So, like, when I saw this trailer and they're like, we'll bring Dad back for a day, I was like, ooh, no, bad touch. <laughs> that is, uh, not the best idea. Yeah, have you seen all of these horror movies? They say leave what's dead, dead. Well, Dad had a spell. Uh-huh. And they were gonna try. I thought Dad was gonna be evil. <laughs> oh, spoilers, Dad's not evil. <laughs> I was worried... It's, this movie, I don't, I haven't looked up and I don't remember where its original release date was, but it wasn't in March of 2020. 
They have another film, another Pixar film, releasing apparently very shortly. The trailer that we saw for Soul says the release date is in June now, and I thought that was releasing in November, so, like, they've moved... I I was just worried about why they're kind of just dumping a new Pixar movie into the middle of March. It felt very... This movie I will make a comparison to quite a bit. It felt very good dinosaur-y. In the sense of like, oh yes, we have another one. Here, let's kind of just try to get it out there and make some money with it. Um, all that to be said, the trailer... The teaser... The, I remember the initial teaser, which I think was just really simple. Like, I think it was the unicorns eating at the trash can. And then, like, the skyline. This is what I'm remembering of the teaser trailer. Which was interesting uh but once i got to the full trailer i was less on board with this movie i will say that i think it beat my expectations because i don't necessarily think that it's a very well put together trailer um i was hoping more so for something along the lines of like where zootopia had a really bad trailer but the reason it had a really bad trailer is because the plot of that like once you get into the plot of Zootopia you're kind of spoiling what that movie is actually about so I, I kind of understood why they did what they did eventually mm -hmm. onward oh, no. <clears throat> onwards and upwards there we go I, I don't have a lot of strong feelings towards Onward. Yeah, I it's didn't... kind of not very good. I mean, it's fine. It's boring at times. It's trite. It's a, it's a weird film that has a really, for me, a really weak act one, but really strong act two and three. I really like once this story and movie, once it gets going, I like a lot of the beats. I like a lot of the elements. There are some really fun sequences. The character interaction, once it deepens down, is, is, more, is more engaging and is more relatable in a lot of ways. But at the beginning, the foundation of the house just isn't all that strong. It's very... Con it's very typical. It feels more so like you're watching, I don't know, an like an episode of a Disney sitcom or a very sitcom-y show rather than the start of some fantasy epic movie. That's not me saying that I don't like the low stakes of this movie because the movie itself, at the end of the day, has fairly low stakes. Even when it gets to its big final climactic thing... It is, it is mostly between its central characters. And I really appreciated that. I felt like it was nice that we just had this movie that was... It could have been about so many big, broad things, but it was just about this personal story. And I appreciated that. Um, just getting there wasn't always the most captivating piece of filmmaking. Yeah, it's boring. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, did the movie pick up for you ever? Yeah. We stopped talking about... When we got out of the house, great. Uh -huh. Yeah. But, like, in the opening scene where he's like, I'm gonna talk to people, I was like, oh my gosh. 
I was like, oh my gosh, is this what this movie's gonna be? <laughs> Just dealing with problems. And then he didn't do that. <sighs> he makes lists. He's got, he's got lots of lists. He does. There, there are lots of things that we check off mm-hmm. and cross out. Mm-hmm. Lots of shots of those. Yeah, well, you know, when you see that list, the, the second list, you're like, mm, I know exactly what's happening here. <laughs> yes. Agreed. It didn't... I think that's one of my... So the core of this movie is about the relationship between the two brothers. The older brother and the younger brother. Tom Holland being the younger brother. Chris Pratt being the older brother. Uh, Ian and... Barley? Barley are, are our two characters. They're the central aspect of the movie, and where the movie wants you to go with it... I'm fine with going on that journey... And I think it was well enough put together. But what's really usually nice about Pixar films, and Pixar, frankly enough, I can only really be compared to Pixar at this point. Um, it is hard to compare things. Because, like, if this was a DreamWorks film, I'd be like, great, solid, good time, loved it. 10 out of 10. Not 10 out of 10, but, like, great. But I have higher expectations for a Pixar film. So, in the fact that this brotherly relationship goes where you would expect it to, it just didn't... When they tied the bow up really nicely, I wasn't ahead of them helping them tie the bow. I was like, oh yeah, cool. That's that's what you wanted to do when you did it. Good job. Rather than being really emotionally aware of where they were trying to put the story and what its central focus was going to be. I think that might be a little bit of the problems with Onward overall is it just felt like paint by numbers paint by numbers pixar and paint by numbers fantasy and that being said i like those pictures they're good pictures but they weren't anything super surprising or super memorable frankly uh what are your thoughts on the performances great <laughs> Um, I liked... I thought the dad was spot on. Probably the best performance of the entire movie. Okay. Loved it. You know, he really liked it out. It was going to be close, but... Rushed in at the final moments. No, he did it from the start. He has his audio tape. Uh, I don't know. I really just felt like he was stretching a little bit there. Just dancing around. It's hard. (laughs) I enjoyed Tom Holland, because Tom Holland was doing the Tom Holland thing. Um, Mm -hmm. He got really high-pitched. Yeah, absolutely. He was screaming, he was freaking out. He looks like every animated boy character. Yes. Remy... The kid from The Thing. John Carpenter's The Thing? No. Uh, from Spies in Disguise. Oh, okay. Not Remy, sorry. What's the... Linguini. Linguini. He looks like Linguini. His character looks like Linguini. It also looks like the character from Spies in Disguise. Yep. He looks like all those same characters. He plays most of them. 
Yeah, I mean, animation, which we'll get to, I wasn't overtly impressed with the movie. Um, but yeah, I, I think that Tom Holland wasn't asked to do more than Tom what Tom Holland can do, and he did that just fine. Uh-huh. Um, uh, the person who really had to stretch was one Mr. Chris Pratt. Okay, for his film career, yes. I was really excited to go back and see old school Chris Pratt. Um, because this character, he clearly seems to have been cast based on his work on television, um, and specifically on Parks and Rec, because though the character is not Andy, it's very inspired by his, uh, the way that he handles life, his interactions, mannerisms, all of those things. There's, there's extreme differences, but I was, I, uh, Pratt was one of my biggest surprises of this movie because he wasn't being whatever his name is, Owen from Jurassic World or Star-Lord. Owen Grady. Gosh. Oh, so sorry. How do you not remember yeah, the so most sorry. important yes. character? Um, he just, I appreciated that, that he went back to doing, that they, they asked him to do something else besides, I'm a, I'm, I'm, I'm a man. I'm going to be the man things. I appreciated that. At one point, <laughs> I liked I, I liked your your little existential crisis with this character because at one point you were like, "Oh no, favorite character," and then you were like, "Oh, phew, not anymore." <laughs> he had so many parking tickets. He did have so many parking it's tickets. It's not that hard not to park in the wrong right place. It's true. It's not. <sighs> so, those are my thoughts. Um. I, I think my favorite performance was Octavia Spencer's. Um, not that I think the Manticore is given a ton to do, other than just be kind of like Manticore. Crazy? Crazy? Yeah. But Octavia Spencer had a good time with it. I think she really shined in the moments that she was given. I, I think part of that is to transition a little bit to the animation. That is the one character that felt like some team was having a great time really pushing the boundaries of what some CG animation can do. And I loved watching how they played with the size of that character in different spaces, how the mannerisms of that character changed from when she was first introduced to later in the story after she goes through her, her kind of change and her acceptance of who she is and where... I just... That character in particular, the Manticore, uh, was one of my favorite elements of this entire movie. Julia Louise Dreyfus plays a mom. Plays a mom. She's a warrior. Good mom. I am a warrior. Yep, I'm a warrior. I wanted her to have more to do. Um, that was that was disappointing. Even, I'll save that thought. It's a spoiler thought. What she has to do is pretty decent. Yeah, it's not a ton. Yeah, I agree with that. She's active. She's concerned. She, I think we get to see who she is as a person and as well as who she is as a mom um, and deal with her issues there. Um, the film, though, I think is so... Here's how I can say this without spoiling. The film is so hyper-focused on the relationship between the two brothers that I definitely think it forgets the overall family dynamic. 
and I don't think it super is concerned with them as a trio as much as it is with them as a duo. Um, there were some sequences that I really liked. I uh, what sequence did I lose my mind at? We there all was something that was really funny. We all lost our minds at the pixie sequence when they're on the. I mean, I thought we did. I know I was where they were chasing the the van. Yeah, because the stakes were really high. He yeah. had to get over like five <laughs> lanes of traffic. Been there. <laughs> It's one of the very few moments of this movie that I think this is where the back half works a little bit better. Um, it's one of the very few moments. There's a sequence where so one of the things that our main character wants to do is learn to drive, and the elements of him learning to drive and needing to succeed on the adventure overlapped and intertwined and it just it felt really organic and natural and it didn't feel like we were just hitting another speed another moment in our story and that i think is why that sequence exploded onto the screen like it was super fun super engaging um other moments didn't quite tie together as well. Um, there was just very clear like setups and beginnings, but that one in particular, I think that sequence was super good. Um, I wanted to, to take a moment to talk about the animation of the movie. Um, Reminded me of Shrek. It was just kind of standard. Yeah. I liked the world aspect of it. The character design of it was not my favorite. It took me a really long time to figure out what they were. They say that they're elves. Did they ever say that they're elves? Yes. Oh, okay, okay. Yes. But I was definitely like, what are these things? Blue, pointy-eared creatures. I know, they were like Smurfs. They look like Smurfs. <laughs> oh my gosh, they're just Smurfs! Smurfs have less pointy ears. That are smaller. And they wear hats. They're Smurfs! Well, fair enough. They have Smurf noses! I don't see the innovation here. Mm -hmm. um, the The most innovative thing, I think, is... The purple is socks? That there is... Oh, the purple <laughs> socks, indeed. Um, there's a dragon that shows up. I like that dragon. I thought that was pretty cool. Well-designed, well... Good use of some interesting animated technique. The pet dragon? Or the other dragon? One of the dragons. Okay, yeah, I made it very clear. The pet dragon or the other dragon? <laughs> the other dragon. Okay, okay. Yes. don't get snide with me, Joshua. I wasn't trying to get snide with you. One I was just... of the dragons. <laughs> I just wanted to know which one. Gosh. So sorry, so sorry. I'll never ask a question No, again. you can ask a question. I was just, uh, it was that like, I didn't want to, like, accidentally spoil anything for him. I didn't want anything spoiled. There's more than one dragon. Yeah, that's why I clarified. <laughs> things I liked about this movie because I did like elements of this movie and like I said I think it comes together when it finally does come together really entertainingly and really nicely um I like that this that it doesn't I'm trying to find things that are not just like Pixar things that I like because, like, yeah, the movie doesn't talk down to its audience. It doesn't pander to a child's audience of, like, Yeah, I'm a, I'm a fast thing. I do things. I go, dear, dear. Doesn't make 
ridiculously childish jokes. I appreciate that, but those are Pixar things. Um, those are some Pixar things. Not all of Pixar. Well, yeah, Pixar minus cars. <laughs> Gotta go fast. Um, I like the concept of this movie actually quite a bit. I think to put a fantasy world into mo- a modern context uh, is a is a good concept for a movie. It's explored in a not as in-depth way as it could have been, which I actually is fine. You're if you're leaving room for the imagination to help explore this world as well. I don't love how we got to the world. It feels like, again, a little bit of like an old person being like, ah, oh, technology's bad. Let's go back to the way that it was. I don't appreciate that. But I like the concept itself. Yeah. They're, they're, they're just... They're... Yeah. Yeah, I find it hard to believe that in this, like, modern time fantasy land, nobody's, like, still doing magic. Like, I find that hard to believe, because we, yeah. we got people still doing, like, weird crap. Like, I'm over there cross-stitching. Like, <laughs> someone's gotta be doing magic. I like that that's the equivalent to, like, magic. You're like, well, I cross-stitch. Well, that's, like, old stuff. <laughs> like, that's like, oh, I don't have anything else to do, better cross-stitch. Yeah, uh, Barley, or whatever his name is, he plays the old-timey game. Yeah, Barley's weird. <laughs> Saw too much of myself in it, need to cut that. <laughs> I liked the character of Barley quite a bit. Uh, there's a lot of D&D reference in this. Um, it's pretty overt, um... And I, I thought that was an element that I enjoyed. Um, D&D's popular now. I, Stranger Things. Yeah, it's popular again. Um, it's popular to reference it, but like it's still not popular uh, to play. Play it, yeah. Uh, goodness. Who would do that? Us. That's cool. Um, it's, I'm just trying to break up the group. <laughs> Kylie's like, I really just want to end all my friendships. All at once. <laughs> well, you're going to have to try harder. Okay. Yeah, there you go. Uh, I thought that it used the elements of those of those games really well. I There's something about the character of Barley that does feel really unique to this film because I think in some ways when that type of character is put on screen the gamer specifically like i have a van i listen to rock music it's almost the jack black-esque character type um which i mean he kind of is yeah uh the type that i got like the type that i think about isn't jack black i actually think of like more of a like a toxic version of it that's what i was gonna say is like it's usually more toxic it's usually less um, hari, hari, har. Yeah, and this version is very good-hearted, and I, I, I appreciate that there is that representation for the that world out there as well. Um, I wouldn't expect anything different, or you know, from Pixar, but I appreciate that it's here. Um, I think it's clear that this is a very personal story, and the stakes of that be- stay very true as well. But I think that that's one of the well. Sorry, everybody. 
Uh, I think that's where the Barley character feels like the most personal to the director in some ways. Um, I don't know. I don't know Dan Scanlon in, in outside of the couple of films that he's made. Uh, this one and Monsters University. Um, but it just it feels like he really cared for that person and that character. And, and that I really appreciated that. I think appreciate, respect, like. Oh, he want to know what, her, what his early life says on Wikipedia? Yeah, let's go. When he was one years old and his brother was three years old, their father died. Huh. I wonder where he came up for the idea for the story. Oh, here. When they were teenagers, a relative gave them a brief audio recording of their father, which Scanlon says helped inspire the story of Onward. That's cool. He graduated with a BFA from Columbia College of Arts and Design. So yeah, Um, very personal story. All bits aside, The story of this is the best part of this film. Yeah, absolutely. It's the the thing that matches the best. The animation, I don't know. I was, I don't know. Josh, I don't know. I was bored. There were parts of it that I enjoyed. It's not a bad movie. It's not. It's like a, not a top tier. It's a B minus. It's probably not even middling tier. Pixar. It's uh, so my it, mine is is it above or below the good dinosaur divide? Oh, I haven't seen that. Mine is is it above or below up? Well, that's a really high film. Well, I don't like up. I know. Like, aside right. from the first five minutes. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Yes. Okay. Okay. <laughs> That's where I'm at. Great. Um. It was nominated for like best picture, right? Yeah. Okay. Okay. People like those first ten minutes. All right. I mean, I like the whole thing, but those first ten minutes are, are real good. I know. I also haven't seen Brave. I haven't seen the bad ones. The quote unquote bad ones. It's. I think that like those are the. It's where it's right above those. Okay. It's. I. The reason I put it right below Good Dinosaur is because I I feel like though there are moments in the Good Dinosaur that I like less than moments in Onward, the characters in the Good Dinosaur for me uh, come together cleaner and more relatably, and it actually creates a full emotional arc, whereas this one, the emotional arc feels like it kickstarts about a, a third into the film. better than cars all of them <laughs> i'm not so sure <laughs> you're like cars three <laughs> cruz ramirez i like cruz she's great all right any final thoughts on disney and pixar's onward dan i hope this was good therapy for you yeah <laughs> Me too. Shia, I hope honey blows good therapy <laughs> for you. <sighs> uh, um, Sofia Coppola, Noah Baumbach, and uh, there's one more. Who's the other one, Josh? Help me figure this out, okay? Okay. Oh yeah. no, it's uh, it's that weird guy. Who directed her? Spike Jones. Okay, Spike Jones. I hope that 
Okay, so sorry. Coppola, Jones, and Bombach. I hope that using Scarlett Johansson to deal make a movie to deal with your own divorce <laughs> was good therapy for you. Yeah. Okay. Those three films are the same <laughs> thing, Josh. People are like, oh, I need someone who I can just divorce. Scarlett oh. Johansson. Scarlett. Someone pointed this out on Letterboxd, and I was like, huh. Huh. Oh, Kylie, we forgot the most important question of this movie. Half-dads can be good? Oh. Well, I don't know what you mean by half-dad. Do you mean, like, legs? Yes! I was talking about the, the mom's boyfriend. No, you said stepdads could be good, which yeah. is which is solid and good, and we haven't think, mentioned that character at all. he's the um, stepdad, though. I he's he's mom's boyfriend. But... Yeah. Then I took it the step further that half-dads... Oh, you know. Um, sure. Uh, I don't know. I think that 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 character was pretty good. Like, it's easy to make write off characters like that. It kind of reminds me of like the Ant Man stepdad. Yeah. We're like, he's pretty good. He's the only thing that's close to an antagonist in this movie. Other than that, the problems are pretty internal, which is good. Um. He's not even an antagonist. He's just like Professor McGonagall trying to keep the kids from going into the Chamber of Secrets. I disagree because... Because he's mean to Barley? No, because there's an arc of this movie where Ian goes from being pretty indifferent to him to agreeing with Barley. Mm -hmm. Um, And at that point, for me... Um, it like it becomes that the the boys are being like, well, mom can have her boyfriend. That's just fine. But we're gonna also slightly make fun of him and have to overcome him in some ways. Yeah, but I think that's just a temporary thing because they're on a high adrenaline rush. I mean, sure, I can totally for- say that as see that as well. <laughs> it's still what's presented to me in this movie. Teenagers make rash decisions. <laughs> Longest gap year of her life. <laughs> Fair enough. Um, he's a he's goodness. I appreciate. I like that actor. Um, it's Mel Rodriguez. Uh, yeah, he's he's fine. Um, Wait, it's Mel Rodriguez. Yeah. <sighs> okay. I'm like. I thought it was John Ratzenberg. No, John Ratzenberger is. Uh, it's two people. <laughs> it's one of those construction workers that's like, get off this thing! I'm pretty sure that's his line. Okay. <sighs> I think the dad can hear. This is my this is my take of this movie. Okay, spoiler, 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 spoilers. Josh. Yeah. Hot take. Yeah. Half part of Dad should get twenty four hours. <laughs> should what? Have gotten twenty four hours. Oh, at the very end. Yeah. I agree. This is malarkey. The way that these man, I guess magic, blah blah blah, but malarkey. Because it was a totally different stone, so he should have been able to do that spell again, and it should have been a different time crunch. This is dumb. The the, the DM ruled differently. Uh, well. <laughs> I'm so sorry. I mean, I agree with you. My even thought was like, well, they have to complete the spell, which means that they have to say the spell again, which means the clock should start over. Or, alternatively, top half gets 24 hours now. Yeah. Yeah. Malarkey. Yeah. 
Gosh, wow. I'm really... My... Go ahead. It's, I find it very disturbing, <laughs> that last scene, like where he has to say goodbye to his dad. I was like, ooh, hard pass. I... It is one of the actual things that I have issues with the third act of this movie in, and like not big issues, but I'm like... I don't know if it how successfully it was set up that like Barley is the character that gets to spend time with dad. I think it's fine. I think I, the pieces are there. Mm-hmm. It's just maybe not as emotionally connective as I wanted it to be because we spend so much time with Ian wanting to meet his dad. And we don't hear that that from the Barley character as frequently and as often. Um all that being said, if that's where we're going to go, I don't know. I kind of want to hear that conversation. I want to like, I want I want that, not Ian watching that from afar. Well, you know, Josh. He asked him what his wizard name was gonna be, which is a great use of your time. <laughs> I mean, I, I, <laughs> it's a great use of your is. time. It is a great use of your time. I was agreeing no, it's with not, you, Josh. It's a bad waste of your time. <laughs> what what you have? You have thirty seconds. What else are you gonna do besides maybe make a little joke with your dad? I don't know. I'm not in this con. This, this, I'm not part of. This. I will fully say that if I only have thirty seconds left with with my dad, or thirty seconds again with my dad, I would make a joke with my dad. I would make a small memory. Uh, let me let me say something. Yeah. The context is very different between you and Barley because Barley lost his dad when he was three, ish. Yeah. And like your dad's still around, so. Fair. So your relationship is much different. Your relationship with Fair. you and your dad is much different than his relationship with his father. So it's hard to say what would go. Are you saying like you in this current moment? Yeah, I'm saying I would make the same decision Barley made. I don't know what I would do. There you go. I'd probably just avoid it. <laughs> You'd be like, Ian, just get over here. Talk to dad. <sighs> um... The ones the the actual last final shot of the movie is uh-huh. irksome to me, and it's because so we we've seen the shot before where like we're panning through the pictures on Ian's wall, and like it goes from a picture of like young mom and dad and Barley when mom's still pregnant with Ian to this picture of the three of them, mm-hmm. and then it frames in. On it zooms in just on the brothers. Moms don't matter. This is this is what I was <laughs> bummed about. I was like, this is where the mom should have, would have, could have. Like that's what I mean. Where I was like, they don't, they're not allowing her to be a part of this family as well. It's not like the Full House episode where Stephanie wants to go to the mother and daughter's care night, and Aunt Becky can't make it because her transmission drops, and so Uncle Joey goes, and then Stephanie learns that. You know, just because I don't have strictly a mother figure doesn't mean that I don't have people around who also care about me. Like, I have an older sister, I have a younger sister, I have a Joey, I have Uncle Jesse, I have Dad, and I have Aunt Becky. However, like, Uh, all Ian has is his brother, apparently. (laughs) But Mom's a good warrior. (laughs) Mom's a warrior. Like, that's what I'm saying. Like, that's where I'm like, no. Moms don't matter, Josh. They do. You would have died without her. Yeah. Anyway, and I get that that's not the actual point of that shot, mm-hmm. but that's still what, that was literally the first thought that popped into my brain. <sighs> also, they only had a gallon of gas. This is ridiculous. Okay, whatever, Josh. You're the one that's doing this. <laughs> <laughs> I 
Maybe it's magic gas. We don't know. <laughs> maybe it's magic. That's your best argument to this, by the way, is maybe it's magic gas. They get one gallon of gas. That little red container takes one gallon. Even though he pays $10 and doesn't get his change, that's not, that's a gallon. That's how much that holds. Oh, maybe it doesn't. Maybe it's bigger in their world. Maybe he's just, maybe elves are smaller. And so it's actually bigger. We just can't tell. Not everything's a one-to-one comparison, Josh. Yeah, correct. Fair enough. <laughs> Whenever you want to win an argument, not everything's a one-to-one comparison. It's a fantasy land! <laughs> Go back to the gas station. Just get some gas, you guys. Goodness, don't be lazy about your plot points. That's all I'm saying. If I can think on that the first time through, don't be so lazy about your plot points. Okay, maybe they went to a different gas station they just didn't show us. Yes. Nothing happened. Correct. Fine. Okay, Fair go. enough. That's always true that maybe something happens off camera. Yes. Don't be lazy about your plot points. Stop freaking plot points! It is! It is literally a plot point! They run out of gas and they have to go get more. Oh. We spend so much time with it. Josh, no one cares. I care. We're, okay. I care. Congratulations. Alright, friends, well, if you want to join this conversation, and I mean, listen, why wouldn't you? You can do so at friendofafriendpodcast at squarespace.com. You can also find us on Apple Podcasts and iTunes if it's a five star review or any star review, as well as hit that subscribe button. <laughs> that helps us get more listeners. You can find us on Twitter at DWT underscore podcast. YouTube. Dust together. Tumblr. Dust together. Letterboxd. Darby ACT and Kylie Galsher. Thank you so very much for listening. I've been Josh. Oh, gosh. I'm done with Disney. Quack, quack. Quack, 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 quack.